Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Scroll. So we're going to pick up on incremental improvement, right? We're, we're going to pick up on, on what we were talking about last time and uh, this fascinating article we were dissecting. And dissecting is the right word because it's all about surgery. <laughs> That's right. And the the insight and the driving force in that article was when Atul Gawande, uh, the uh, author of the Checklist Manifesto, people probably heard of him, but he was a surgeon. And after about eight years, he realized that he wasn't getting better. And he was interested in getting better. He took inspiration from how other people got get better and decided to ask one of his colleagues to be a coach for him. And indeed, there were he felt he, it had a dramatic impact. And it, the sort of implicit in the article is, why, why don't more people get coaching? Why don't more surgeons in particular get coaching? And uh, I thought it would be useful for us to get into some of the mechanics of, well, how could people improve in they're in the software world. What are the what are the equivalents? How how could people actually start uh, uh, improving, or you know, from where they are, even if they're already good? And I think this is the, the point I want to make. This is not coaching as a sort of remedial sense, but how could people who feel they're already strong, they're already proficient in different ways, how could they continue to improve? And uh, and I thought that would be a useful point to start at. It certainly is, and we we have several suggest concrete suggestions that our listeners can try. The first and most obvious is this sort of um, old agile practice that um, I, I see so rarely and, and wish I could see much more. I actually encountered a team. This is rare enough that I, that I noticed it. I encountered a team using this technique, pair programming, um, just a few weeks ago. And it was um, noticeable how much their um, code had improved as a result of this practice. Their understanding of their domain had improved. You know, I, I was rating them quite highly in the due diligence process that I was carrying out. And I could ascribe a lot of that to the fact that um, they were getting this very frequent, continuous commentary from each other during the coding process. So it wasn't an after-the-fact code review. It was um, on the spot while they were writing the code, hashing out what the name should be of a particularly tricky class or uh, what the interface should be for an API or how to use a particular uh, feature of the programming language in a slightly better way. And all these very small improvements were adding up for them. I, I, you know, that's a great starting point for me. And I, I remember for myself, the pair programming worked in, in exactly the way you're describing. Um, when in, in particular, when I was working with strong developers who I had respect for, that what pair programming led me to do was to, in part, to see their techniques, to see how they worked in ways that were different from how I was working. And it gave me the opportunity to pick up techniques. Because this is one of the insights here is that the, the, the uh, this is from the article Mundanity of Excellence that we talked about uh, last time, that the, the differences in performance are qualitative, not quantitative. People who are, you know, uh, faster, developers aren't faster because they type faster. They're faster because they do different things than other developers. And pair programming was a fantastic way for me to learn, for example, different uh, uh, shortcuts in the IDE. To use a simple example, which had a, a dramatic impact on my own development once I would go away. And so pair programming was a, was, was a fantastic way to do that. And, and in particular, I'll just say it was the case where I had the, the, the benefit of a good example. 
uh, which is which is incredibly powerful. So pair programming is a is a great way to improve. But you know, I, there's a there's a more radical version uh, that it, I, I I'm actually not sure if it's more rare than pair programming or if it's if it's actually kind of got to the equivalent level, which is mob programming, which is <laughs> taking the idea of like well if if we have uh, two developers working together, what might be even better is to have all the developers working together. We'll have a whole mob of us together all working on the same code. Th that sounds crazy, but uh, people have had good results. And I think for, for similar reasons, uh, which is uh, you, you get the benefit of everyone's feedback, everyone's thought process, and everyone can be learning from each other uh, very rapidly. Have you come across places where, where mobbing has been uh, common? Not as often. Um... Uh, I have encountered it a couple of times, and the same as you, very good reports from those who have tried it. But I, I think pair programming is itself radical enough, strangely, though it's um, at least 20, 25 years old, uh, that uh, people aren't quite ready for mob programming. But uh, both of them seem to have very positive results. And I should mention, by the way, one of the objections listeners might have is, well, we're all remote these days. We've had the pandemic. Everyone's in multiple countries and time zones and so on. The, the team I was looking at was fully remote. So no, nobody in the same location. So the, the tools, which we didn't have when you helped me learn pair programming and these techniques way back in 2005 or six. The tools we didn't have then for re remote uh, work are, are uh, very mature and very capable. Uh, by the way, I should also say the, the links to these articles we're mentioning are in the show notes. So if listeners are interested, have a look there. Yep. Um, the, the, there's another idea I had about how people might uh, improve and get feedback um, in, in inspired by the article, and which is to hire a coach. But Radical, now, wacky I, idea. <laughs> and this is something that I know that you uh, personally uh, have experience with. Not that you, uh, not, I don't mean here now for software engineers, it's probably not, I've never heard of someone hiring a software engineer coach, but I've certainly seen teams that have done that. And I know that you had a deliberate policy um, at Tim Group, well, although in the days it was called Udevise, of hiring experienced consultants to come in, uh, in part to help improve uh, how the team performed. And to bring us new ideas, that was the crucial thing, that, that pair programming will do less of. Now, it won't do zero of because the person next to you in the, uh, in the team may have different experiences, have gone to a different conference, have learned things differently, and so that person will bring you ideas that are new to you. But the challenge with a, uh, a whole team is that the whole team may um, get, get into a, a sort of pocket, may get into a, a sort of local maximum where um, the team is uh, as good as it's going to be at one particular way of doing things, but there's a completely different way, which is um, the, the team has never heard of or never thought of. And um, I've seen that over and over and over again, at first, as you say, as a CTO, and, and then with many, many of my clients, whether it's me bringing the new idea as a, as a coach and an external consultant, or somebody that I tell them to bring in, I will see over and over that they um, uh, innovate much more frequently, that they um, uh, move quicker, that they, they try things that are, as we were noting in the swimming article, the mundanity of excellence, things that are qualitatively different uh, that they would never have thought of before. Uh, pair programming is one such thing that I know we brought in at Tim Group, but there are others like uh, exploratory testing or um, 
changing the structure of your code to allow better testing. Uh, gosh, there are, there are probably a hundred different things I'm not thinking of right now that uh, the team had just never considered. It, it, it wasn't something that was part of their experience. And so that uh, when the problem came up, that wasn't a solution that occurred to them. But the outside person was able to say, well, I've seen this pattern many times and this is the solution. Why haven't you guys even thought of this? Uh, and that's the sort of uh, breakthrough that you can get from uh, an outside influence. And, and uh, people might have experienced this uh, implicitly, um, even in places that uh, haven't hired an external coach to come in. But you may have experienced this when you say hired a new developer. People come in and they have different ideas and different experiences. And suddenly someone comes in with a different idea and you, you think, oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Let's adopt that. And but things change uh, and in, or you might have experienced this when you've joined a new company that works a bit differently and this can happen even for people who are you know very very experienced i remember um kind of a, a, an example of this working both uh, both ways kent beck of uh, extreme programming fame he was hired by facebook uh, as a as a coach and uh, for software engineers and that was his, his idea what was basically very much in line with this article you know hire me experienced developer uh, i can come and observe what people are doing and, and give them feedback and make them better one of his aha moments was that he learned a tremendous amount from what people were doing at facebook <laughs> so beyond whatever value he provided and he, he thinks he does provide value for in those conversations uh, did provide value that, uh, but he also learned quite a lot. And so as a, as the experienced person, as the, you know, principal engineer, uh, coming in deliberately to help people improve, found it, the result was for him to improve as well, which I think really, uh, speaks to his, his openness and mindset to find improvements, uh, that are out there, uh, which probably is what you know, led to him uh, creating extreme programming in the first place. Uh, being uh, listening to the ideas of other people who would uh, come up with with things and putting them all together into a cohesive whole. And uh, that leads me to the last one I think uh, I have to mention, which is um, one of the ways that you can significantly improve your own observations of your own behavior and find new ways to improve is to be a coach and to help somebody else. So I always find when I teach a new workshop or I uh, run a session on a topic I know less about than I thought or when you and I sit down to do a podcast that uh, it helps me to reflect more clearly on uh, what I'm doing, to systematize and come up with names for things, which is often very helpful, and, and then it makes it easier for me to communicate those ideas to somebody else. And I discover inefficiencies and things that I could be doing better. Uh, which is what I think we're all thinking about in this uh, you know, few weeks, uh, first few weeks of the new year, right? Uh, what, what can we improve? How could we make 2023 better? Uh, so one thing I would recommend to any of our listeners is if you haven't taught someone something recently, if you haven't taken something that you're good at and systematized it and shown it to someone else, try that. Because um, in some sense, you're then acting as your own coach. Now, again, you may breathe your own exhaust. You need new ideas. And so um, bringing in folks internally from another part of the organization, um, an executive who um, has skills that you don't, um, uh, somebody like that uh, within the organization can be helpful. Bringing in an outside coach can be helpful for those new ideas. But try being a coach. Try providing that service for someone else as yet another way of um, uh, discovering these small improvements in areas where you're already good. That's that's a, a great idea. And it, you know, the one thing that's a, a bit of a secret for people here is you can you can coach people 
on things that you're you're not good at as long as you're upfront about it which is to say if you go and read about a technique that you don't know you can you can help people and say hey why don't we try this you know i've not tried it but are you open to trying it because i think the one thing that that uh, combines uh, all of these bits of advice is, is they're all based on a foundation and a mindset that look i could be better and i want to be better and so i'm looking for new ideas and even in this past week for myself I was talking to someone uh, and and we said, hey, look, I think this kind of problem space that you and I are talking about might be good for Wordly Maps. I like Wordly Maps as a concept. I haven't applied them as much as I might. How about you and I spend time this week to try it? And just that idea of, um, you know, I was going to coaching in the sense I was, I, I read up about it and could guide our session, but had the idea of like, well, let's try and see what happens and let's let's improve what we do. And that was enough for us to bootstrap ourselves into and some some lessons learned. Um, would would love to, you know it's, it's certainly open to all these different techniques of improvement. We could hire a coach in wordly mapping. We can uh, get uh, input from other people with experience. But also just the idea we could get started and try something new and try something different. Um, that my my contribution mostly was a enthusiasm and and willing to work through it with someone, which is I think part of what a, a coach provides. Absolutely. Well, if listeners are thinking of trying any of these things, we'd love to hear about it. And if you're uh, having challenges or questions or problems, we'd like to hear about that too and see if we could help you on a future episode. And you can get in touch with us at agileconversations.com where you'll find free videos and free material and so on, uh, all kinds of stuff there about uh, what we do, our book, and, and loads of other fun things, and our email and our Twitter and probably five other ways to get in touch with us. So we'd love to hear from you there. And of course, another way to keep in touch is to come back next week when we'll have another episode of Troubleshooting Agile. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.